0: This is Holly Knight, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond,
0: Brian Zamrak
1: Happy New Year and welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I am your host, Brian Zamrak This is episode 612 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have a fascinating guest coming your way. It is Holly Knight, who wrote so many... Great songs that you, we, we've all grown up with. Uh, Love is a Battlefield, Invincible, The Best from Tina Turner, Better Be Good to Me by Tina Turner, Ragdoll by Aerosmith, uh, Obsession by Animotion, and uh, The Warrior, Just Between You and Me by Lou Graham, Hearts Never, uh, just on and on and on, it just keeps going, and Holly is going to be joining us talking about her new book that is out. And you can check it out, and it's called I Am the Warrior, My Crazy Life Writing the Hits and Rocking the MTV 80s. And that's Holly Knight coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen Beyond, so get ready for that. It is a great book, and you want to check it out, and she is coming up next. In a few minutes on On Screen and Beyond. But in that time period, we have, in between now and then, we have remakes. We have uh, upcoming movies, sequels, the whole works. And uh, I hope you all had a great Christmas. And we've got some great things coming for 2023. I hope you'll stick around and uh, tell a friend about us and keep things going here at On Screen and Beyond. But right now, why don't we get into it? It's time now for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. And try again. Remake Madness. Well, it looks like a remake of Easy Riser is still in the works, right? And Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonder starred in the original ones back in the 60s. And a live action remake of Disney's Lilo and Stitch is in pre production. And uh, we'll see that, uh, you know, they're looking for a 2024 release on that one. And you can look for Gal Gadot to play the Evil Queen in a live-action remake of Snow White, set for 2024 release. That's it. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Ed Helms and Jennifer Garner will star in a comedy called Family Leave about a whole family swapping bodies. And it will be on Netflix. Christopher Nolan's much-talked-about film Oppenheimer will hit theaters on July 21st and Elizabeth Banks will direct Cocaine Bear. Now this is based on a true story and it comes our way on February 24th with Ray Liotta and Carrie Russell and Margot Martindale. And it's about a group of people running from a bear that has eaten cocaine. that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond Sequels. sequels it looks like Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 will explode into theaters on July 14th Creed 3 comes our way and it's swinging into theaters on March 3rd with Michael B Jordan directing and starring and Ghostface he returns on March 10th in theaters in Scream 6 and that's it for sequels coming up next on On Screen and Beyond TV on DVD TV on DVD, well, Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 1 flies onto Blu-ray and DVD and Steelbook on March 21st. And Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin Season 1 lands on DVD on February 28th. And January 10th, you can look for Fear the Walking Dead Season 7 as it crawls onto Blu-ray and DVD on January 10th. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond Movies on DVD... Movies on DVD, it looks like She Said, arrives on digital on January 6th and on Blu-ray on January 10th. Angry Neighbors with Cheech Marin, Stockard Channing, and Frank Langella comes to DVD and Blu-ray on January 31st. And January 10th, you can look for Poker Face with Russell Crowe and Liam Hemsworth as it comes to Blu-ray and DVD. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. It looks like The Mandalorian will return to Disney Plus on March 1st. Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone has been given a second season on Paramount Plus. And Red and Kitty of That 70s Show are returning to Netflix on January 19th in a show called That 90s Show. And that is it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, so many songs were written by Holly Knight or co-written by her, uh, including Tina Turner's The Best and Better Be Good to Me and Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield and Invincible and uh, Lou Graham's Just Between You and Me. Uh, and it just goes on and on. And she, she has written a book, and you got to check this one out. It's called I Am the Warrior, my crazy life writing the hits and rocking the mtv 80s holly night coming up next right here on on screen and beyond ragdoll by aerosmith obsession by animotion John Waite's Change, Tina Turner's The Best and Better Be Good to Me, and Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield and Invincible, Patty Smythe's The Warrior, Lou Graham's Just Between You and Me, Hearts Never, Rod Stewart's Love Touch, all great songs that have one thing in common, all written or co-written by our next guest on On Screen and Beyond. She was also a member of the group Spider, was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and she has a new book out called I Am The Warrior my crazy life, writing the hits and rocking the MTV '80s. It's Holly Knight. <laughs> Holly, welcome to On Screen and Beyond.
0: Hi. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, Holly, looking at all the songs you've written, and that was just a, you know, smidgen of what what you've done. It, it, it's it's incredible what you've written over the time.
0: Thank you. I um, I guess you know I never really thought about it as I was doing it. Um, as far as the uh, prolificness, I just sort of wrote when I felt like it, and mm-hmm. that was a pretty pretty busy prolific time for me
1: yeah i, I would say so <laughs> you're quite busy uh now what what made you decide to write a book
0: um it just felt like it was time you know um i've done a lot of things and i people kept saying i should write a book and i had lots of stories because i worked with so many different people and um there are other projects i want to do but i think that the book has to precede those. And then a pandemic happened, which certainly was conducive for staying home and writing going nowhere, so that helped.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm always interested in why you named the book what you did. I mean, let's face it, there's so many other things you could have called your book because all the songs that you've written, you could, you know, the best or, or simply the best you could call it or, or anything. What, what made you decide to go with I Am the Warrior?
0: I had thought of the best in other ones, and my editors just thought that this was the best one that sort of represented who I am as a person, you know, Um, sort of the, the idea of fighting for things and having a last name like Knight, and certainly I had a big hit with The Warrior, and, you know, the lyrics in The Warrior are not, I am a warrior, I am the warrior, and I felt with, like, you know that that term has been almost overused in the last few years with, with women you know the warrior spirit and all that except that i wrote this song 35 years ago mm-hmm. and i'm sort of the og so i thought well i am the warrior sort of made sense um and it just sort of fell into play with a lot of my you know my ethos and and sort of journey of of, of my own life you know mm-hmm. So that's why I named it. The subtitle, but my editor said, "You should do that," and I think it was actually a brilliant idea because it really sort sure of lets you know what the uh, the book is, in fact, about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, which is centric around the MTV time period. I mean, life certainly continued after that, but um, that was just something. That was a time period that was very special. It's kind of a love letter to the '80s, and um, I don't feel that there's been enough written about it. Certainly not from a woman's point of view, who is front row and center. So um, it, you know, it, it all sort of came together because of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And and what inspired you to first get into the music business? I mean, it's uh, it's it's always you know interesting to find out why people why would you do this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I started piano when I was four, which I write about in the book, and I took classical, and I was a pretty serious musician. I was kind of at least my. Family And the people around me thought I was a prodigy. I didn't know what that was. I just knew I liked to play a lot. And I was playing Rachmaninoff and Mozart when I was four. Um, So that was just like the beginning of my journey. And basically musical was almost my first language. Um, And then I discovered rock music, and the louder the better. And I felt more passionate about that than classical music, although I still love classical music and play it to this day. Um, and then I just kind of got caught up in the whole thing of all the bands, you know, the British Invasion, and I just wanted to be a rock star. I didn't know anything at that time about wanting to be a songwriter. I just wanted to perform, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I guess if you want to perform and be a professional, then you have to get involved in the business of it. So that's what I set out to do. So how did that come about? How did you,
1: you know, how do you, you know, just one day you say, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go right with Aerosmith or, or whoever.
0: You know. No, 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 that's much, much later. Um, well, you know, like I said, I wanted to be in a band and I, I was interested in, in having original music and, um, you know, it didn't occur to me that I was going to be one of the writers. I just wanted to be in a band making records. I didn't want to be in a... Not that there's anything wrong with far bands. I mean, they kept me alive, but I really just wanted to be... I wanted to have records out. I wanted my face on the cover. I wanted to travel and and tour. And, um, you know, it's a long process. And that's really what the book, again, it's it's what I wrote about in the book, that, that that was a journey. And it was only after two records that I made with Spider that I decided to be a songwriter full time after I'd gotten more serious about my writing. And some opportunities came up. Tina Turner cut one of the songs I had written for Spider, and it was her second uh, single on Private Dancer, which was Better Be Good to Me. Mm -hmm. And then John Waite cut, uh, around the same time, he cut another song of mine that we had cut called Change. And I liked the way that felt, and then I thought, well, maybe I should be writing for the artist instead of them covering songs that I've already recorded with someone else. And it just sort of happened organically. I mean, things kind of fell into my lap. They were kind of like signs pointing me in a certain direction, you know. Hmm. So uh, I just went with it. I followed it, and that, you know, after years of doing that, well, yeah, then I wrote Daryl Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah.
1: But, well, I mean, it's... It may
0: it, look like it happened overnight, but it didn't.
1: Right, yeah, I know. That's, you know. that's the way it always is. You know, you see somebody and it's like, you know, look what they, all they've done, and you don't know about the 20 years before that, <laughs> that they were struggling.
0: Exactly, exactly. So you, you do all this, the, the groundwork, and then all of a sudden when you do make it, it does seem like you come out of nowhere. But, but with most bands, you know, they've worked very hard, or songwriters, or anybody that does something and does it well and is successful, they, they don't just sort of... Take one step and boom, they've arrived. It takes a lot of work and perseverance and self-belief. Um, and I dedicated the book to anyone who has had a dream, anyone who, who has a dream and was told, no, this book's for you. So, you know, there are a lot of people, there's always naysayers and people telling you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And I'm one of those people that still to this day, I I listen too much to other people's Opinions and stuff, and when I do, I end up sort of in a state of inertia instead of just believing in myself and going and doing something, you know.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. With your music writing style, how, how do you go about that? Whether you're writing alone or with somebody, uh, if you're let's do if you're alone, uh, doing you know everything yourself, uh, do you start with the melody first or do you go with the words, or how do you come about with that?
0: Um. All of the above, you know, depending on who I'm writing for and what my mood is and what the style of the song is. If it's a rock song, I very often will sit down with a guitar. If it's a song that's sort of more, like, uh, complex musically, I'll sit down on my piano. Um, I keep a list of ideas for song titles, so I always have something to start with. I'm constantly writing down titles and keeping them in a book because once you have a title, you almost have a blueprint for something sort of the same as if you're given a script to write something, uh, you know, for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't usually sit around and just write, you know, sheets of paper of, of lyrics. It's like it's just too much work. So basically what I do is if I have the title, then I'll put it in and I'll kind of write the chorus as I'm writing, playing on an instrument, and I'll sort of phonetically mumble stuff until something forms. Mm-hmm. yeah, And then I... You know, so I, I try to get the the meat of the song right away, and as I say in the book, if it's something really good, then then I continue. And if if if, it, if I'm getting tired of listening to it as I'm playing it, I'll just stop and I'll live to write another day. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now this is a question that sounds foolish, but with with knowing that Paul McCartney says he can't read or write music and all that stuff. Uh, Can you read or write? I presume you can. Is that correct?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. So uh, now when you're writing with somebody, like uh, one of the people you wrote with for Obsession, you wrote with Michael DeBars, who actually was a guest on the show a couple of years ago here on On Screen and Beyond. And um, uh, when you're writing with them, are, are, are you doing... Still the same thing? Are you concentrating on either the melody or the words, you know, or is it just you You guys work together on the whole song?
0: Well, it depends on what they bring. I mean, Michael's a really good lyricist, so he walked in with an idea that he wanted to um, pursue. And, you know, he read me the lyrics that he had come up with. He had the bulk of the song, but we had to finish it together and write a, a, a melody to it. And I had to write the track, so... In that case, he he brought some great lyrics in. In other cases, I work with a, even a, a band that's really famous, and they have nothing, and I have to sort of start it and play it to them, and then uh, you know see what what they're going to contribute, mm-hmm. if anything. You know, yeah. It's, it's, every situation's different. There's no one way to do it for me.
1: Yeah. Is is there anybody that you've co-written a song with that that you enjoy working with a lot i mean i know you've done a lot with several different you know co-writers and everything but is there any in particular that you enjoyed working with the most
0: well i think i write about it in my book i would have to say that would have been working with mike chapman i think just our creative chemistry was off the charts and i don't think i've really experienced it to that extent with other people so much maybe one or two um I wrote with Albert Hammond and we had good creative chemistry. And, uh, you know, I can't say any one artist, really. The chemistry was great. I think by the time they got to me, they were sort of flesh out of ideas. Oh, I see. Uh, Fresh out out of ideas. They were fresh out of ideas. Mm -hmm. So um, it was different. But, uh, you know, I mean, in my entire lifetime or my entire career, I have probably met about three or four people that I've really enjoyed working with and lately I just write a lot on my own
1: yeah so a lot of people contact you <laughs> to, to, to bring you into their uh, fold as far as uh, writing songs for them specifically or do you, are a lot of your songs just written and then they take them you know and they say oh I want to do that song
0: um, well, it used to be that they would come to me a lot more often in the 80s because that's what they did. And now people, it's very different. I mean, you know, you have sometimes a lot of writers on a song and if they get to the end of a record and they're needing something because they still haven't come up with the goods, then they'll send a the thing out to a lot of writers, you know, they don't just come specific. I wish they would. Um, but, uh, it's you know the music business has changed a lot. So many times, like if I hear an artist I really love, I have to almost chase the manager, and it's it's uh, it's surprising given that I'm in the Songwriting Hall of Fame. But that's you know that's just the way the world is.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You do sort of have the the credentials to 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 give somebody a hit. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, not only the credentials, but I have, I feel the talent that I think is like in many cases gone down the drain. I mean, the way I go about writing a song, I'm not sure everybody goes about writing a song that way. I usually start organically with some instrument. And I think a lot of times now uh, songs are written around a record, like they'll, they'll start recording and programming something and then building a track and then someone comes in and writes top line. And it's, Uh, It's a different
1: way of writing. Hmm. Now, have you ever had a song that you wrote one certain way, and then when the group or person, whichever, you know, singing it, uh, changes it, either speeds it up, slows it down, changes words, whatever, you know, uh, do do you sort of cringe sometime (laughs) when that happens?
0: Um, it doesn't happen a lot, but it has happened and it's happened to uh, one of my biggest songs. Um but it's on the book. It's 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 I guess it's the prerogative of the producer to change it, um to to fit whatever they think the artist's style is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but the song is there. The song is intact, the lyrics are intact, you know, the for the m- most part the, the arrangement is intact, but the feel may be different and um anyway, this song that I'm thinking about became a huge hit, one of my biggest hits, so I really it doesn't matter what right like those first the, the the it initially because I love it now, mm. I mean it's been the gift that keeps on giving, so right <laughs> so it's not uh, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, is is there any certain song that you've written that is your favorite? Every time I ask this question to somebody who's in the music business, they say, "Well, they're all my babies," and I understand that. <laughs> but is there anything that, that's your <laughs> particular favorite?
0: I would say "Invincible" is definitely one of them. I wrote that for uh, Pat Benatar, mm-hmm. and I like it because I just think it's quintessentially Holly Knight. Um, it, you know, it's edgy. It's it's very catchy. It's musically daring. Um, and it, the, the ethos of the song is just being, uh, you know, being strong and not being knocked down or pushed pushed around and just standing up for yourself. So,
1: yeah. How, how is the book structured? Is it starting with your early, you know, a 10-year-old and working your way through? Or does it start at a certain point?
0: Um, yes, I start with my childhood and my background. And I guess, you know, the first 10 years of your life, are the blueprint for the rest of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I gave, gave just enough background, and then I kind of get to the meat of, of the story pretty quickly.
1: Now, how long did it take you to write the book?
0: I'd say it took about two years. I mean, it's taken a lifetime, really. But, right. <laughs> um, you know, from start to finish, I had to write a book proposal, and I got a literary agent, and then we had to shop the deal. And then I started, and that took about two years uh, of just writing and rewriting it. So it's like a piece of clay. You you lay out the the basic sort of rough you know materials, and then you just whittle away, and then you start finessing it. And I probably wrote a hundred more pages than what ended up in the book. Um, because I, I felt like it was really important to keep it nice and tight, like a, like a hit song, you know, like get rid of anything that's sort of superfluous. <laughs> yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: When you're looking back, is it, you know, what you've done and everything, is it, it, is it like therapeutic to do that sort of thing?
0: Well, you know, it's sweet, it's funny, it's nostalgic, it's sometimes very cathartic and painful. But it, it's been, yeah, it's, it has been kind of therapeutic, as I think it would be for anyone. That's why, you know, whenever you talk to, I guess, life coaches or therapists, they say right to keep a journal and write it down. I think everybody has an interesting story to tell, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it it, it, let, it helped me to get rid of some of the demons that I was holding on to from my childhood. And um, in that way, I think it was, yeah, it was a very positive experience.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, w- earlier when we talked about, uh, you know, growing up and, and getting into the business and everything, uh, were there any specific acts or or groups or individuals that uh, you wanted to inspire to be? Any musicians or anything?
0: Um, I was a huge fan I was a huge fan of Keith Emerson and Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yes. Because I was a classical musician and here was someone that had sort of combined classical music with rock music and he was very flashy, you know, with his thigh boots and spinning around on stage on the piano and Um, I sort of, for a while there, I think I envisioned myself as a female Keith Emerson, Mm. Um, which was kind of cool. Years later, I met him, and I didn't even know he was standing behind me, and I was in a studio, and I was playing a classical piece, and when I stopped, I heard this clapping, and I turned around, and it was Keith Emerson, and that was definitely a highlight for me. Um, that's kind of the nerdy side of me, this sort of prog rock stuff that I liked so much, but I really aspired to bands like The Stones and Queen. Again, Queen had a lot of classical elements to it. I really liked glam rock. I liked anything that was really hard and edgy, like, you know, Zeppelin or even metal. I got into Ozzy Osbourne and Metallica and, uh, you know, the usual suspects. Yeah.
1: Of course, the Beatles. <clears throat> Ozzy actually recorded one of your songs, correct?
0: No, well, he he recorded it. He just never released it. Oh, uh-huh. um, he never released it. And really... that's in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's part. That's part of the 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 life of the songwriter. Is not getting songs cut. You know, not everything you write gets cut. I have plenty of really good songs that have yet to be cut. Now, I I sort of consider them like vintage. Mm-hmm. vintage
1: night yeah I, i'm surprised people don't you know approach you and say hey you know <laughs> i want to record that thing you know i mean it's it's just something that you know, yeah <laughs> i'm sure they would be great i
0: yeah i'm i'm surprised too i'm always surprised but then you know go here it's hard to it's it's hard you know everything is so expensive to do and everything is such a risk that i think people are you know really keep it close to the chest and they don't want to take any chances because it can be financially um devastating and you know i mean i know some artists that have recorded full albums and were hyped into you know they got these big deals with record companies and then the record never even came out really wow huh
1: yeah it's it's just, I don't, you know, it's just me, the old curmudgeon, I guess. <laughs> but but uh-huh. I, I don't think the songs nowadays uh, are as good as they used to be because they, they, a lot of the artists actually sound alike now. I mean, you could take any, you know, several songs or many songs and say, okay, uh, this artist, do this song. And, well, it sounds exactly like the other one. You know? But your songs were, you know, they were all different.
0: Thank you. Yeah, well, a lot of those artists use the same writer. Um, I think probably the most prolific writer out there that's been out there for probably the last, I want to say, five to ten years is Max Martin. And he writes for all of them, and that's why they all sound the same, because his stamp is on them. So for you to say that about my songs, it's very nice to hear that, because... I always tried to sort of identify with the artist, and make, when I would work with them or write a song for them, I would try and come up with something that sounded like something they would have come up with, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. rather than something that I came up with in here. This is a hit song and you should cut it. Yeah, And I think that happens a lot now, you know, mm. so th- hence why things sound homogenous.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and like you say, the music business has changed so much you know, over the years, it's just so yeah. different now. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can get on, if you're, if you're a singer, you can sing on TikTok and all of a sudden you've got a contract. You
0: know? <laughs> I know. And you, and in, in fact, um, that part of the problem with, with, uh, apps like TikTok is that, um, Kids just get on and they want immediate gratification. So, you know, they just want to hear the chorus. They want to see someone dancing and then they're done. Then they want to go on to the next one that's been sent into their feet and they just skim through things. Oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. I don't like this. You know, there's, there's no sort of, there's no opportunity to sort of create a, a whole package and a fan base,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's- I used—I remember when I, you know, records, I knew records were coming out or books were coming out. It's the same thing. And I couldn't wait. And I couldn't wait to see what the cover looked like and what the liner notes were and who produced it and you know, what the musicians, who they thanked, all that stuff. That's, people don't even take the time to look at that anymore. And I feel like even songs, and, and I wouldn't say that about all artists because there are some really great, talented Oh yeah new musicians out there um but it it, it, there is a craft to writing you know Mm -hmm. um and there are many art forms and i think they're all valid but i think songwriting shouldn't be always lumped in with some of the other crafts that are that are out there right now yeah yeah and like
1: you say that the songs you've written i to be honest and i don't mean this in a bad way but i i don't know it's a holly knight song (laughs) you know it's it's a good song and uh it you know each artist did it and in in a good way but i can't pick out you know that this is your song but there's some songs whether they're new or even old back back you know even in the the 80s and and the 70s and everything like that there're songs that were done and you know they were the you could tell the writer that did it because it it was actually like the the one they previously made <laughs>
0: Right They just kept rewriting the same song. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, this yeah. works, so I'm gonna do it again.
0: <laughs> right, Let me change just a little of this and a little of that and right. Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. Well, Holly, I, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'd like to ask one final question. But before I do that, I want to make sure that everybody goes out and gets your new book because it is, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's got so much stuff in it that it's going to be something that they would just love hearing about and all the stories that you have. Um, and uh, it's, it's called, I am the warrior. And I got to get this right this time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because <laughs> you want my, me to help you? No,
1: that's all right. My crazy life writing the hits and rocking the M T V eighties.
0: <laughs> and there you go. I also have a audiobook version which I narrated and oh, really? um there's some oh, really? there's some demos uh of some of my biggest songs, snippets of demos that no one's ever heard. So that's kind of a nice little bonus. I mean, I have the demo to love like, the battlefield and the bass and the warrior. A bunch of other songs, and uh, I did want to say I'm very excited about this. Um, last week, I I saw that on Amazon, my book was listed as number one for hot new releases uh, in popular music, and the feedback's been great. People are loving the book and um, leaving reviews and stuff. So I'm I'm you know very encouraged and excited.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. Geez, that's great. Well, Holly. Let's finish up with a final question. When you sit back and relax and with writing books and music and everything else, that's, that's probably not much, but when you do, when you watch TV or movies, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: I really like science fiction, Um, not the monster movie kind of science fiction, but more the things about the future and and the universe, like Interstellar Mm -hmm. and the movie Contact and The Arrival. Those are some of my favorite movies. As far as uh, TV, I really like the uh, House of Dragons because I was a big Game of Thrones fan um what else am I watching you know I, I gobble these things up when when they because I'm a true binger when it comes to shows and then they send the new season mm-hmm. and there's been quite a few of them so um it's hard for me to remember all the ones that I've really liked recently I loved Breaking Bad I loved um uh Downton Abbey I like period piece movies a lot I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino and Stanley Kubrick, if that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen, I mean, you know, with the pandemic, it's kind of weird. I haven't been to a movie theater in like three years. I know. <laughs> <Jeez>.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, yeah. Holly, I, I thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. And uh, once again, everybody should go, go out and get the book. Uh, I am the warrior. And uh, I thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you. Happy New Year to everybody listening. I hope you have a wonderful 2023 filled with lots of love and peace and good health.
1: And a big shout out going to Holly Knight for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond and uh, talking about her career and all the songs she wrote and everything else. Be sure to check out her book. It's, it's you know, just doing fabulous. And uh, it's called... I Am the Warrior, My Crazy Life Writing the Hits and Rocking the MTV 80s. So be sure to check that out. And uh, I want to thank you all for joining us here and coming back to On Screen and Beyond here for another year as we continue bringing you great guests. Next week, we have, uh, you know... (laughs) I'm not going to say who because, you know, you never know if something's going to come up. You you know that from last, uh, you know, a couple of episodes ago. But uh, anyways, uh, we have a really fantastic guest coming up, and I hope you're going to be joining us for that next week. It's going to be really exciting. And uh, also, uh, if you have a suggestion for a guest, you can write me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And during the holiday season, I have been able to update Not all of them. I'm down to the last two seasons here, uh, the most recent seasons, and uh, making a page for them. Cleaning up the front page of onscreenandbeyond.com, getting those things all in place and updating all the past episodes that uh, were before that and got those all, uh, you know, so there's actually links to them and and they will go. But of course, you can always go to, uh, you know, whatever you're getting your podcast from. They're all there. But uh, as far as the website, we as we made our move. Uh, which I said for a year it's been, uh, trying to get all that update and everything. We're just about there. It is very close, uh, but you can go and get uh, a lot of the episodes, uh, almost all of them, like I said. there's Just for the last two most recent seasons, we're still getting those up there. But uh, they will be up there very shortly because it's been going pretty good. And I uh, hope you'll tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. Go to com and check out all the people we have had here amazing people with great stories and uh, we thank you so much for listening and we hope you will continue and i hope that uh, we can get more and more people to listen to on screen be beyond so be sure to download listen to all those old episodes we have out there Unfortunately, many of the people uh, uh, have passed, or some of the people, I should say, uh, not many of them, but uh, a a good portion uh, have uh, passed, and uh, you're not going to hear their stories from them uh, anymore, so uh, you can go there and hear them talk about their lives and everything. And uh, if you uh, want to get in contact with me, like I said, you can just, uh, you know, whether you want to make a suggestion or just chat with me, whatever Feedback at OnScreenAndBeyond.com. and and uh, we also have a presence on Instagram. That's the one I'm on the most. Facebook, we're there. Twitter, we're on all of those things, uh, and I hope you'll uh, you know check them all out. So uh, if you leave a review wherever you get your podcast, that might help us too. get more people to hear about On Screen and Beyond. So that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.